0: The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's
1: World. John 3.16 is the most often displayed verse of the book known as the Bible. Most people have seen a reference to it, but not everyone knows what it says, and almost no one understands its full meaning. We've all seen it somewhere. Maybe you've seen it painted on a rock, displayed on a billboard, held up on a homemade placard in the stands at a sporting event, or perhaps in a memorial folder at a funeral. Yet for all the advertisement of this verse, and even though it is perhaps the most memorized verse of the entire Bible, how many people really know what it means? Do you? And I must caution, don't be too sure. On today's program I'm going to show you how this often quoted verse may challenge some of your most cherished beliefs. So if you'd like to discover hidden truths of John 3.16, stay tuned. A warm welcome to all of you from those of us here at Tomorrow's World. We're happy you can join us for today's program, where, as I indicated in the introduction, a full understanding of the best known verse in the Bible may challenge some of your most cherished beliefs. So what do you actually know about John 3.16? Let's begin by quoting it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now that seems very straightforward, and you might wonder, what is there that's difficult to understand? Well, actually much in every way. As I have written on page 5 of a brand new booklet never before offered on this program, many professing Christians think they know, but mostly what they understand about this special verse is simply that God loves us, and Christ died for us. Now of course that's true. God does love us and Christ did die for us, and on the surface that would seem to be all that anyone needs to know. But there is far more that we can and truly must know about this verse. There are hidden truths contained in it, and what you don't know can hurt you. Ignorance is not bliss when it comes to this verse. John 3.16 contains hidden messages not because there is some secret word code, but because modern Christianity has so distorted the message of the Bible that almost every word in the verse is misunderstood. I lived in England in the 1950s, and one of my Sunday school classmates asked our teacher, why did Jesus speak in parables? Now that was a pretty insightful question coming from a 13-year-old. It was explained that most people of Jesus' day were shepherds, farmers, and fishermen, and so He talked to them in language they would understand. Now that sounded pretty good at the time, but to use a slightly misquoted phrase from Apollo 13, Houston, we have a problem. The problem is that this explanation is totally wrong, and here's why. Jesus' disciples asked Him the very same question and he gave them a very different answer you can read it beginning in Matthew the 13th chapter and verse 10 and the disciples came and said to him why do you speak to them in parables and he answered and said to them because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but to them it has not been given as this passage shows not only was the answer given by my Sunday school teacher wrong it was the direct opposite of the reason Jesus Himself gave. Not everyone who wants to can come to Christ today. Now I know that that sounds outrageous, but it's true. It's true, that is, if we believe what Jesus tells us. Notice what He says in John 6, 44, No one can come to Me unless the Father who sent Me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. In case his audience at the time missed the point, John records the fact that Jesus repeated it again, as we find in verse 65 of this same chapter. So according to Jesus, much of the Bible is actually hidden from the understanding of the majority of mankind. Still skeptical? How about this passage written by the Apostle Paul? 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9-11. to But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? And note this, Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And who is it that has the Spirit of God? The Bible gives the answer, and it's not what many people think. Here's what Peter and the other apostles explained when they were being interrogated by the religious leaders of their day Acts 5, verse 32. And we are his witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Without the Spirit of God working with someone, he cannot understand the things of God and God gives a spirit to those who obey Him. And as we have seen, Jesus tells us that He spoke in parables to hide the meaning, and that only those called by God could come to Him. That is why most people cannot comprehend the full significance of John 3.16. There are at least eight messages contained in this short, well-known passage that are, in a sense, hidden from the average person. All of them are found in our brand new booklet, John 3.16, Hidden Truths of the Golden Verse. But for this program, we'll only briefly touch on three of them. Number 1. The role of the Father is not understood. Most professing Christians focus on the role of Jesus in this verse, and by itself there is nothing wrong with that. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ is absolutely essential and should not be diminished. But something fundamental is almost universally overlooked. The focus of the verse is God's love, meaning the love of Jesus, Heavenly Father. As the verse says, For God so loved the world that He gave. Notice that the giver here is God, and it speaks of His gift to mankind. Why is this truth hidden from most people? The truth is that modern Christianity has downgraded the Father. He is portrayed as an angry God who makes unreasonable demands with a harsh impossible to keep law. But His Son is full of love and kindness. It is equally easy to think of the suffering that Jesus experienced, which was horrible beyond belief, and to think that the Father had the easy part of the arrangement and suffered little but is this an accurate portrayal? Consider this. When a child is sick, how many parents have wanted to take his place rather than see their child suffer? How many parents have wished they could suffer humiliation instead of a daughter being bullied on social media? How many fathers have wished they had been the one who died in the bone-crushing car accident that took the life of their son or daughter? Only a parent can fully appreciate these questions. Do we really think that God the Father had it easier than Jesus during the final day of His life in this physical flesh? What must it have been like to see people spitting on His Son, hitting His Son with the palms of their hands, scourging His Son, and eventually hanging His Son on a stake to die an agonizing death, and all totally unjustly? You who are parents, think about it. John 3.16 speaks first and foremost about the role of the Father that He played in that great drama. While people minimize the importance of the Father, Jesus does not. He tells us to worship the Father in spirit and truth, that He came to do the will of the Father, that He spoke the Father's words, that He sought to please His Father, God is the great giver but few professing Christians know the Father and shockingly few know the Son and that's another hidden message found in John 3:16 I'll explain why many do not know the Son in a minute but first I want to offer you our brand new booklet John 3:16 Hidden Truths of the Golden Verse These hidden truths are foundational to understanding the Bible You may think you know, but don't be too sure. Just call, click, or write for your free copy of our newest booklet, John 316, Hidden Truths of the Golden Verse.
0: For today's free informative offer, send your request to Tomorrow's World, PO Box 3800, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28227, or call this toll-free number 1-800-236-0531. That number again is 1-800-236-0531. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World Magazine. Full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues, Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World,
1: call now. John 3.16 contains truths that are totally missed by most professing Christians. As we saw in the previous section of this program, the role of Jesus' Father has been almost totally neglected. Far too many people have an erroneous opinion about God the Father. But do you realize that Jesus Christ is equally misunderstood? So our second hidden truth found in John 3:16 is the identity of the Son. Here's a real shocker. Here's something you will not hear preached in the typical professing Christian church. What has been deceptively hidden is that Jesus WAS the God of the Old Testament. He was the one who wrestled with Jacob. He was the one who appeared to Moses. And He was the one who thundered the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai. And He was the one who made a covenant with Israel, a covenant that many denigrate. After spelling out the terms of what is called the Old Covenant, we're told that 74 men ate with and saw God. Here it is in Exodus 24, verses 9-11, through Then Moses went up, also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and it was like the very heavens in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel he did not lay his hand. So they saw God, and they ate and drank. Yet Jesus himself tells us that no one has seen the Father at any time. That's found in John, the first chapter, verse 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Now, how can we reconcile the fact that one scripture says 74 men saw the God of Israel, but centuries later we're told that no one has seen God at any time? The Apostle John explains it in earlier verses where he takes us back to the time prior to the beginning of the world. Here we have it in John 1, verses 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. John here describes two beings. God and the Word, but he also points out that the Word was God. Now how can we understand this? Well think of it this way. You have George and Melinda Smith. George is Smith and Melinda is with George, but she is also Smith. In the same way, Jesus was with the One who later became known as the Father. He was with God and He was God. Then in verse 14, we learn the true identity of the Word or the spokesman. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So John tells us that before the world began, Jesus was one of two individuals that are here described as God. And since John tells us in verse 18, That no one has seen God at any time, clearly contrasting the Father and the Son and referring to the Father, it is evident that the one seen by Moses, Aaron, and the others could be none other than the one who became Jesus Christ. We have further evidence of this in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and the first four verses, where the Apostle Paul tells us. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. And note this, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. The concept that most professing Christians have is that what is known as the Old Testament is about God the Father, and that Jesus Christ only showed up about 2,000 years ago. But these ideas are totally in error, as we are beginning to see there is far more to the Jesus Christ of the Bible than most people realize. So what else should we know about Jesus prior to His human birth? The Apostle Paul affirms what John tells us That it was through the one who became Jesus Christ that God made the worlds. We read that in Hebrews, the first chapter, and verses one and two God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, and note this, through whom also he made the worlds. But the most encompassing statement on the subject is found in the book of Colossians, in chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Here, Paul makes it clear who created the heavens and the earth, all the angelic realm, and Adam and Eve. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. This brand new booklet on John 3:16 not only explains the role of the Father and the identity of the Son, but it also explains other vital truths found in this passage that are shockingly missing from the thinking of most professing Christians and that are absolutely foundational to understanding the biblical message. I'll give you one more in just a minute that will surprise, maybe even shock some of you, but first I want to give you another opportunity to take down the contact information to order your own copy of John 3.16, Hidden Truths of the Golden Verse. You will be amazed at what you may have missed in this popular but short passage of scripture it will show you just how far today's professing Christianity has strayed from the biblical message. John 3,16, Hidden Truths of the Golden Verse is yours for the asking. There's no cost and no follow-up. All you have to do is call, click, or write for your absolutely free copy.
0: Today's offer is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. Visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter.
1: You've likely heard it said that there's nothing more certain in life than death and taxes. We understand taxes, but do we understand death? That may sound like a simple question, but is it? Based on what many people believe, it isn't so simple. The concept many have is that we have a body and immortal soul and when we die, we really don't die. Our soul immediately goes up to heaven for some kind of celestial LSD trip or down to an ever-burning hell fire to be tormented forever. But is that what the Bible says? As I've already shown in the previous segment, most people reading John 3.16 miss the role of the Father and the identity of the son but they also miss my third point and that is that death means death notice again what john 316 says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life the word perish is contrasted with life in this short passage Why is this important, and what does that have to do with you? Consider how we use this word. One definition of perish is to come to an end or cease to exist. We sometimes speak of fruits or vegetables perishing due to extreme weather or delays in delivery. We also hear on the news that a certain number of people perished in a plane crash or from an overturned boat. We know that for them, life came to an end. We know that to perish means to die. Not only does John 3.16 contrast life and death, but the Apostle Paul also does so in another well-known biblical passage, Romans 6, verse 23. Here Paul bluntly states, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wages is something we earn, and Paul says that what we earn by choosing a sin-filled life is death. This is contrasted with a gift from God, something that we don't have and something that we cannot earn. And that gift is eternal life. Life and death are opposites, but you no doubt have been told and likely believed that you already have eternal life. When most people read John 3:16 they never consider this. If you immediately go to heaven or hell upon death, you in effect have eternal life. You have not ceased to exist. You have not perished. You already have eternal life and it's only a matter of where you're going to spend it. But the last part of John 3:16 contrasts perishing with eternal life when Jesus says whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The whole context in which this verse is found distinguishes between eternal life on the one hand and death on the other, as the preceding verses plainly demonstrate. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Further, if we go back one more verse, we read the statement, shocking as it may be to some, that the righteous are not now in heaven. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of man who is in heaven. So if no one except Jesus Christ is in heaven, where are all the righteous? The answer is quite simple. The Bible nowhere indicates that the soul is immortal, or ever living. In fact, it says just the opposite. Twice in the 18th chapter of Ezekiel, it clearly states that whatever a soul might be, it is temporary and subject to death. Here it is in Ezekiel 18 and verse 4, Behold, all souls are mine, the soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. And for emphasis, this is again repeated in verse 20. The soul who sins shall die. Yes, the soul, whatever it is, can die. Solomon warns us about the temporary nature of our lives in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9 and verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. The Bible does not teach the Greek philosophical concept of an immortal soul. Instead it teaches that death is like a deep sleep where all thought ceases. Professing Christians know that the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. They may remember that the occasion for His sorrow was the death of His friend Lazarus, but how many remember how Jesus described death? Notice this short exchange between Jesus and His disciples found in John 11 beginning in verse 11 Our friend Lazarus sleeps but I go that I may wake him up then his disciples said well lord if he sleeps he will get well however jesus spoke of his death but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep then jesus said to them plainly Lazarus is dead Lazarus was dead for 4 days when jesus came to his tomb to resurrect him There is no thought of an immortal soul that had to be brought back from heaven or hell. Lazarus was dead, and Jesus likened this to sleep when consciousness ceases. He then explained to Lazarus' sister, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. John 3.16 indicates there is hope for the dead other passages confirm that the hope of man is the resurrection. When the Apostle Paul was arrested and given an opportunity to speak before the council, we read in Acts 23, verse 6 that he cried out, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. Concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am being judged. John 3, 16 tells us that we don't have to perish, but through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we can have eternal life. This is what the verse says, Why haven't you been told that? Why have you instead been told that you already have eternal life, either in heaven or in hell? John 3.16 is a verse rich in meaning when fully understood. Frankly, it has been trivialized on placards at sporting events, on broken down billboards along lonely stretches of highways, and on automobile bumper stickers. To the average person has become no more than paint on a rock face or a saying that elicits sentimental feelings. Is this what Jesus intended when He spoke these powerful words? The full message of John 3.16 has been hidden from most eyes, but you have the opportunity to understand the full meaning of this verse. Our brand new free booklet, John 3.16, Hidden Truths of the Golden Verse, strips away the blinders. It shows how each of eight parts of this verse give insight into the true message of the Bible, who God is, who Jesus Christ was before His human birth, how God loves the world, not just a few self-righteous individuals who want to eternally fry everyone else, and it explains much, much more. You may think you know all that there is to know about this precious verse, and maybe you do, but why not make sure? Call, write, or click for your very own free copy of John 3.16, Hidden Truths of the Golden Verse. My guess is that you will be astonished by what you learn. Don't forget to join us again next week, right here on Tomorrow's World, or online anytime where Richard Ames, Wallace Smith, and I will continue to share with you the teachings of Jesus Christ the hope of the coming kingdom of God and the exciting end time prophecies of their meaning. We'll see you right here at this same time.
0: To view the Tomorrow's World telecast or request today's free offer, visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. Remember to find us on Facebook and be sure to follow us on Twitter.